0: Hello listeners. Welcome to 10x Growth Podcast. This is your host, Preeti Padmanavan, technology executive, investor, and board member. Today, we will feature the book, Results, Think Less, Achieve More by Jamie Smart. Our guest today is Sean Flynn, who is an investment banker and principal at Global Capital Markets. Sean also hosts the popular Silicon Valley podcast, where he interviews famous entrepreneurs, venture capitalists, and leaders in tech. Welcome, Sean, to the 10X Growth Strategies podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you for letting me be here. I'm proud to be a guest. I'm uh, pretty excited to be on this side of the microphone for a change, so... See how it goes.
0: Absolutely, you know it's amazing. I did get a chance to attend one of your podcast recordings, and I really loved it. So I hope I can keep up to what you do.
1: (laughs) I'm sure you're going to ten x whatever I do.
0: Oh my god, I love it! I love the plug. So tell us about yourself. Tell us about your some of the highlights from your career journey, life journey, and some of the key inflection points you'd like to share with our listeners.
1: As mentioned, I'm an investment banker here in Silicon Valley. Most of what I deal with is tech companies, but the investment bank I'm at, we're sector agnostic. Actually, for your listeners, because I'm not sure how familiar they are with investment bankers, people have this idea of this guy trading stocks in New York, when in reality, there's so many different types of investment bankers. So think of it this way. You go through life, you meet that special someone, you get married, Mm -hmm. that's a merger. You see a puppy on the side of the street, and you want to bring it into your family. You acquire that puppy acquisition
0: mm.
1: now that puppy grows has to go to the vet it's hungry it needs food but you don't have the money you raise capital you raise growth capital for that dog to go from a puppy to this big dog and now the dog has puppies of its own maybe you sell one to another family. so there's many types of transactions in the life cycle of a business. those are what I deal with those are the tr- transactions the the companies what what I do day to day is I help companies with major events in their life and I focus on the mid-market so companies revenue 10 to 300 million in that range so that's what I do to get there there's a lot of steps Uh, before being an investment banker I worked at a company headquartered in Beijing I was on the in the office here in Silicon Valley we had or 15 incubators actually 25 offices it was for an incubator focused on AI and blockchain And we were helping companies go into new markets. So every other month for a while there, I was going to China. I was taking a few companies here. We'd pair them off with a couple companies maybe from Berlin or Tel Aviv or Helsinki where we had other locations, Mm -hmm. brought them together. Then we'd go to these tech parks that the parent company built. They built something like 83 tech parks in China and, and Asia. And each one had a different focus. So if it's autonomous cars or IoT or smart homes, it was, okay, this cohort, this batch is going over here or this one's going over there. And in that process, I was meeting a lot of institutional investors. I was meeting a lot of investment bankers. I was meeting all these players because it was me trying to make introductions from the startups because they're looking for capital. They're looking for connections to these people that have those resources. And in that process, I made an intro to... Uh, the founder of Stern Ventures, he did very well off that intro. He said, "Hey, Sean, you should come on board. You should think about being an investment banker." And of course, I was like, "Well, what is you know what does that do exactly?" And I'm like, "Well, actually, it's pretty much the same thing you're doing right now. It's just you're, you know, kind of the middleman, you know, representing the companies, you know, figuring out, helping them out, and but it's very similar to to what you're doing. And the soft skills that made me successful in that job." carried over along with the analytical skills. So it was it was a good match. And the, the investment bank I'm at right now, they had a company they'd raised capital for, and they were looking for manufacturer, a new manufacturer in China. And I'd lived there five years. I had a lot of connections. That group I was at had a lot of Chinese connections. And it was easy to find them a manufacturer. And I stayed in contact with them. But it was all relationship-based. Mm-hmm. And uh, before that... You know, I was involved in an angel group. Before that, I lived in China for a number of years. And before that, it was you know college, mechanical engineering. So that's kind of kind of the life journey. So it kind of went everywhere. Uh, but the biggest thing for me in that, I would say, was for almost eight years that I lived overseas, mm-hmm. some of that in Costa Rica, the majority of it in mainland China, a little bit in Europe. Through that time, I was really able to I mean, I had to learn different languages. I had to be involved and immerse myself in a different culture. And at first, it was a blessing and kind of a curse in many ways, because in most places I was at, I didn't speak the local language. So I just would sit and observe and see how people would communicate and guess what they're trying to say and go, okay, is this what's going on? You know, yes or no, trial and error. Can I order food? Can I not order food? God, I'm hungry. And, and, and through that process of doing it multiple times as an adult and really you know, having that critical sense of, okay, what worked last time? What could work in this new country? Trying that, I mean, those were the times where I learned more. I kept thinking to myself, God, I learned more living a few months overseas than I did that whole time in college. Those skills have definitely helped me out in the investment banker role immensely. -hmm. Sitting across the table with people, trying to figure out through their body language, through what they're saying, their meanings, keeping everyone talking, keeping emotions in check, you know, being able to analyze things both critically and at the same time people, you know, act on emotion, you know, okay, let's let's push this little knob up a little and this down a little bit and you know, just really trying to run the room or run the process or however you look at it. But all those skills from that time traveling has helped me throughout my career and it's given me a lot of angles and a lot of kind of viewpoints that I don't think many other people in my current role have.
0: The reason I ask this question is I want our listeners to get to know a little bit about the person they're about to hear from and I often find different versions right and I loved how you shared how your background shaped who you are right now and the international experience. And it was really wonderful to hear the different flavors of your life and how you're successful now in terms of being an investment banker and understanding people around the table. So I really loved that and I especially loved your example of an investment banker and how how that means for taking from a puppy to a big dog. And, you know, I really loved it. I think our listeners are going to really enjoy that.
1: As long as they remember investment banker, not veterinarian, (laughs) I'm good. As long as that's the takeaway.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, you know, we are here to discuss the book, Results, and you shared about that book with me, and I got a chance to read that over the past month, and I was blown away by the book. Uh, It was such a, a different approach by the author, Jamie Smart, in terms of how our thought changes the way we behave, how our emotions come into play. These are some things that are not taught in grade school or high school or anywhere else in our life on how our emotions and thoughts affect our life. So tell me, why did you choose to read this book? Like what intrigued you about this?
1: There's a organization in Silicon Valley, Possibility People, headed by Kimberly Waifling. I was attending one of the Friday sessions And every Friday during the pandemic, they would have a guest speaker talk on some type of topic. A lot of it was also, hey, there's this new software to use, you know, not Zoom, something else. Check this out. You know, maybe you can use it because the group itself are mostly consultants, CEO coaches, experts in their field. At one of the presentations, at the very end, a lady said, I'm going through this program right now and I need to give consultation to a few people I need something like 10 hours to get my certification is anyone interested in a one-on-one for an hour hour and a half mm-hmm. and I just said sure you know why not you know CEO coaching executive coaching you know free for an hour I love this this is great and in that session she had mentioned that everyone is perfect from the beginning and I was like oh that's interesting I got that book after the session skimmed it read it and then when I typed it in, or YouTube, uh, Jamie Smart came up. And I remember Jamie Smart. And the reason why is years, years before. So when I first came back from China, I had some some extra money. I had a company. It, it did okay. I sold it to my business partner, exited, came back to the U.S. And I just wanted to you know, kind of relax, and I wanted to get in shape. So I was a personal trainer for a little over a year at 24-Hour Fitness in the financial district in San Francisco. Got in amazing shape. It was, it was actually a lot of fun. a spectacular time. In that time, I started studying neurolinguistic programming, NLP. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if your listeners are familiar with it, but it's like how we communicate, you know, the, the messages, the images, you know, a kinesthetic person, visual, auditory, mirror matching, the stuff that Tony Robbins does a lot. I guess he'd be the biggest uh well known name of it, but there's you know, so many others out there. And I started studying it. I got my uh masters prac. Um, you know, I, I studied it quite a bit and I was implementing it with my clients when I was doing the personal training. You know, let's do goal setting, let's break those goals down. Okay, why do you want this goal? How does it make you feel? How can you see yourself? After you've accomplished them, let's visualize that. Okay, or what sounds do you hear? Okay, how does it feel? Depend on the person. And I was getting incredible results with my clients. And so I studied it more and more. Jamie Smart had a product called Salad Cards. Hmm. And these cards were just one sentence of all these uh, NLP, like, techniques or, or ideas just in one card and a lot of it was just questions you know what if you could be anything you know if there's nothing stopping you what what would it be how do you know when you get there um how you know how are you stopping yourself from getting to where you want to be if they're like when do you know when you're there like all those questions and i they're great questions for, and these cards, if you find them, they're no longer in print. But they're great questions to know if, if you're a salesperson, if you're a marketer, or anything, because you start asking these questions when you're with your clients. And I would use them uh, with my, my clients that I was training, just closing everything, getting results. They were doing great everything, you know, because you talk to them on the level that, that resonates the most with them. And then, you know, use them on yourself. So Jamie Smart, the moment I saw that name and it came up on YouTube, I was like, oh, my gosh, I remember him from years back. I'd read. I think the book was Clarity, mm-hmm. and then results came up. I was like, "Oh!" And so I went on Amazon and I saw, you know, a used version for whatever two dollars, and got it. And I got a couple of other of his books at that same time. And then it showed up. And then you would asked me, "Hey, Sean, you know, I'd like to do a podcast. Let's do one on a book." And literally, right in front of me on my desk, I have a pretty extensive to read list because most people I interview at some point in their career, have has written a book. Mm-hmm. And I like to do a lot of homework on my my guests before having the interview. Because for me, if, if I don't do the homework, I feel like I'm kind of disrespecting their time. I think it's a huge time commitment for them to sit in front of me to be interviewed. And I want to be prepared. I want to do my best. I want to ask some questions that haven't been asked in past interviews. I want to find out everything about it. And plus, it's in a selfish way i use that time to learn and coach myself cuz a lot of these people like when are you going to get these ceos times you know when are they going to sit down for an hour and just you can ask them anything you want mm-hmm. and they're going to give you whatever from their 30 40 years experience and so with that i have this huge lot of things uh, books you know order to read and the next one was this book results by Jamie smarts And I just went, hey, let's do this book. Uh So in a way, it was Destiny Fate that we're reviewing this together. Um, I can't really say anything else other than other than that.
0: Yeah, no, it was a great choice. And I feel fortunate to have you as my guest here. Uh, I really value that you took your time, uh, truly, you know. And um, in terms of the book itself, right, when you chose this book, what did you get the most, right? Were there some key takeaways that you think our listeners would enjoy?
1: So going back to studying NLP, I haven't really reviewed it as much as I should over the years. You know, you get your certifications, then maybe use it, and then just like a language, if you don't use it every day, you slowly start forgetting some of the vocabulary, and then you start using simpler words, and then your senses don't make sense anymore, and now you're just grunting, pointing at things, and now it's done. Ah. But when I was reading this book, a lot of memories came back to me of neurolinguistic programming, of communication, of your you know, your thoughts shape your world. And it just reminded me of so many things I'd studied before. The book itself, some of the key takeaways that I was thinking of when I was reading it that really resonated, I was like, oh, that's deep was, you know, the kind of those bad thoughts of when I make a million dollars, then I'll be happy. Mm. You know, when I do this, then this is a result. When reality you don't know it, it's you know, really that doesn't make you happy you know that's that's the future it's not real you know the present is real this is what we feel you know we can make ourselves feel anything we can make ourselves feel happy sad angry frustrated you know change your thoughts and it changes your mood change that but yet you know maybe we have these bad thoughts for that once again and you might be pushing yourself in directions that you shouldn't be Another key takeaway was just the subtraction of things. Mm. My calendar is ridiculous. I, I don't even, It's embarrassing to even say the... It's, it's at the point now where if I'm awake, I have something. And that's with, okay, talking to these people on the East Coast. Now I'm talking to these people in, you know, West Coast. Oh, wait, China, right. Cycle again. And it's awful. And I noticed when I try taking little things away, when I do get that half hour, that hour, that's when some good ideas come. And it's different than not measuring work versus measuring results. And that was in the book was measuring results. And I went, oh my gosh, there's so many times I'm just measuring work going, hey, I have 10 meetings today, I must be doing great versus, hey, I have a few meetings, but I had this one idea, this one thought that now I'm going to push for wow, this this is how it should be. Other key takeaways from that book was, he's got a, a lot of images of, going back to the takeaway of clarity times action is results.
0: Correct. Clarity plus action is results and clarity equal to c- capacity minus contamination. right? Because contamination is all these negative thoughts that you mentioned.
1: That really resonated with me. Just thinking about how many of these negative thoughts, but how many, gosh, I mean... When you want to do something, the, can I do it? Sh- am I able to do it? Do I have the capacity to do it? Thinking to myself, okay, well, I'm working on this next deal. How should I go into it? Think about it, you know, self-doubt or anything. Hey, if I want to do this new thing, you know, it's just, it's just kind of resetting that train of thought and then sitting back, relax and letting it sink in and then move forward. So for me, this book was like a reset almost.
0: Wow. There's so much to unpack there. I'm going to take each of those and we, I'd love to discuss more. You brought up that first point about happiness and chasing stuff for happiness. In fact, I attended Tony Robbins a couple of times. I attended the a workshop that he does, the UPW.
1: How was it in person? I've never seen any of his stuff in person. How how did you enjoy it?
0: Oh, I loved it, especially, <laughs> obviously, the first first time firewalking was a lot of fun. <laughs> and i didn't i couldn't believe it that i actually did it and i did it a second time too so that was also pretty phenomenal
1: congrats uh, yeah
0: thank you, you know, it was so funny right i have to I, i'll share this particular piece that happened i did my first one uh, upw in florida and uh, so i did my first firewalk And at the end of the fire walk, they wash your feet because obviously you don't want any of those fire chips sticking on your feet. Uh, You're in this state of uh, your peak state, as Robbins calls it, where you are actually in a a phase in your mind that nothing can hurt me, nothing can touch me. And so after you walk the fire and they put water on your feet and you get out, you actually are normal self, right? (laughs) You're not thinking in peak state. But then when I stepped out, I saw like two, three pieces of that fire still stuck in my leg. And I started feeling that burn starting. And then I told myself, that will not affect you at that point. And it just dropped. I was like totally surprised. Like, and it felt, I, felt, I felt top of the world, right? You know, it was amazing. I think it's sort of, you know, I, I'm a big meditator. I've been meditating for over 20 years. And there were two pieces right, that I found I could bring together. One was Tony Robbins asked this question during the session. What if you reached what you wanted? Like if you wanted to become a VP or CXO. And then once you got there, you're not happy. You, you then think, is this it? And that really made me change the way I looked at my ambition or pursuit. And I, I talk about the same thing because I also teach meditation and we talk about living as an expression of happiness, where you're being happy as you pursue these goals. And that was phenomenal. And I loved the perspective that you shared, right? That, and how, how did you find that impacted the way you got about your business or you know, your life?
1: Oh gosh. I mean, well, backtracking to when I first started studying this stuff, this was, what, 2013, 2014? Completely changed everything. And I wish I kept studying it this whole time because when you remember stuff that you learned before and you think back, oh, there was these other moments in life where it would have been very useful if I would actually used it, you know, you get frustrated. But... You know, that's just a feeling. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, swipe it under the rug. It's okay. Everything happens for a reason. Right now is good. Move forward.
0: About the happiness point, you talked about how that made a difference. Right. I would love to see, like, was there an example in your life where you felt that you could make that shift where you were actually being happy as you did what you did, right?
1: Oh, I mean, for that, I mean, I'm in investment banking and my, my whole idea is, oh, can I make this money? Can I, make, <laughs> can I do that? And then just relax and go, oh, you know what? You know, it happens, it happens, it doesn't, doesn't. But, you know, are you? Are you? Well, one thing that I, I have been trying to focus on more in 2022 mm-hmm. is kind of my health and wellness. You know, when I'm awake, it almost seems like I'm on the phone or doing something. It's not healthy. It's not balanced. It's not sustainable for sure. So I am now trying to take one or two meetings a day where I'm a walking meeting, where I'll even tell the person, hey, you want to do 3 o'clock tomorrow at this time to go over this, but is it okay if we just do a call so I can go on a walk or Zoom and you'll see, you know, the park in the background or something. So I've been hitting the 10,000 steps. I've been doing stretching between calls quite a bit. And actually, I've noticed that my lower back doesn't feel as tight anymore. So that's an accomplishment. My wife and I, every Saturday morning, we now do indoor rock climbing. Mm. This has been going on for about three months now. That, you just work out muscles you're not used to using. like Your forearms, your grip strength. I mean, soon I'm going to be able to crush a man's skull with my hands. Or shake his hand and be like, you're doing the dealer one. And you just hear the bones (laughs) pop. And they're like, that guy, he's the (laughs) alpha in the room. No, just joking. Just joking. But um trying to get more of a well balanced in different areas of my life, you know, focus on education, focus on self improvement, focus on work, focus on, you know, family, friends, trying to really look at those as going back to Tony Robbins that wheel mm-hmm. of different areas and trying to remember, okay, something today did I do something in every one of those little slices of the pie or was it all just on one slice? Okay, if it's all in one slice, that's not sustainable. If it's on all the slices, now we're doing good because, you know, what we don't see is at the gym, you get that idea that goes over here. When you're talking to your family, you get that idea that goes over there. Okay, now you're meditating, you get that idea here, and everything kind of makes that circle bigger, bigger when you're looking at things or just relaxing. It comes to you when you wake up or in different areas, different states. And I've been trying to have more of those moments. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it talks about it a little bit in this book.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think you brought up a great point, right? We bring our whole self. We, it's it's complex. Our brains are complex and things just merge into each other. And to feed off of one area to get better in the other one and so on. I really love that. Let's do this. You talked about some of the deep emotions that uh, Jamie mentioned. It, things like fear, worry, anxiety. Self-doubt that hold us back from driving results. In fact, I, that's one statement that really stuck with me when he spoke about it. Our emotions are a colored glass that affects how we perceive reality. And I'd love to hear your perspective on how some of those emotions have shifted for you, and how did you like you know make that shift?
1: Oh, I mean, going through one's career. I mean, here, here, here. I, m- First thing that comes top of my mind, in the, one of the first things I did here in Silicon Valley, I was the investment director for an angel group. It's Bay Angels, second oldest angel group, and you know I, I did have a little bit of business acumen, but nothing compared to these guys, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they all have founded companies, they all had successful exits. Some took companies public, others were you know VCs managing half a billion. You know, it it, it was ridiculous. And yet I was screening companies to then present to them for them to write a check. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. It was, it was the most educational thing outside of travel that I've ever done. And you're always on the hot seat. You're always nervous. You know, I would look at, in one month, sometimes 100 companies, 100 pitch decks. These were warm leads, a lot of them, were uh, someone had, had submitted them on the founders behalf so it was like okay, this guy want you know mm-hmm. support this company so if I don't like it I have to really say I don't like it for these reasons. And then you narrow say a hundred down to 20 you get on a call with then from those 20 you narrow that down to maybe 10 or 12 to bring them in where there's a small group and then from that you'd have you know six or seven where you'd put in an event for everyone to see and maybe one of them gets a check mm. right? it's kind of the funnel system. And this was back then when I was involved uh, heavily, you know, the investment director. So in, in, I remember this one time, there's this one company, I I did this one page, write Because everything was pretty much the same was, you know, problem, solution, market, team, all those things. And you write a few sentences here and there, you know, about it and just brief. And, and then, you know, if someone really wanted to, then you'd go into due diligence and actually really dive into the you know, the corporate, all that stuff, what's the cap table looks like. And I, I did this one write-up for this one company, this this just, you know, one-pager, you know, summary. And I, I gave it to one of the angel investors and um, didn't think anything of it. And then a couple days later, I'm like, hey, how's it going? They're like, Sean, oh my gosh, you know, that write-up you did, that was the most amazing thing. Like, oh man, we we, we, we talked about it for like an hour at the bar and i'm feeling so good so happy and they're like we never laughed so hard in our life i was like what he's like you missed this 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 how could you not and i was like <laughs> you know i went from you know highest exuberance excitement to now i feel like garbage and it was just emotions right there were really like later on a few days later I, you know i I dusted myself off i went okay i learned a lot from that interaction now it's a story where i laugh about it and if you think one little instance there's you know 20 30 emotions there you know happy sad angry after Mm -hmm. you know upset feeling down on yourself then you know lack of confidence then confidence rebuilt after you know so that's just one thing And if you think about that how many things in life when you're going through your career, you have that excitement, sad, anger, all these emotions for one little instance when in reality it's like, yeah, that's, that long term doesn't affect anyone. And, you know, that just is one of many things that happened today. And uh, this this earlier today, I was interviewing uh, for, for my podcast and we were just talking about the emotions of founders mm. and how some of them have that. A lot of people call it imposter syndrome because they feel, oh my gosh, you know, I'm building this company, we're rapid growth, but I've never done anything like this before. I feel like I'm an imposter. where I'm telling everyone I'm, you know, the CEO. I know what I'm doing. When in reality, you don't. But in in reality, you know, you know as much as anyone else in that position, right? Yeah, no, you you haven't been there before, but really, no one else has been there before. Yeah, and you're taking in all the information and then months later you look at where you were before and you go, okay, I am an, you know, now looking back I'm an expert at where I was there mm-hmm. and where I am now, it's all new territory. So I'm nervous, you know, I have this anxiety weight but I conquered it then. I should calm down relax, take in everything. And then the next step you go and the next step and it's breaking that long, big goal down into mini goals and mini milestones. And when you start thinking about it, you're like, you know, that whole imposter thing, you know, that's just a feeling, throw that out the door, let's, you know, hunker down and move forward on what I'm doing right now, bring in a CEO coach or someone else that can give guidance, but they've actually never gone through it themselves because it's the first time anyone's done what that person's doing. And when they realize that, they actually are the expert, even though that, you know, they they, a moment ago felt their imposter and just that wave of emotions and, I don't know we, we, we kind of noodled on that and just had a little conversation about mental wellness of founders, mental wellness of you know, startups here in Silicon Valley, because it is a, it's a big thing. And mm-hmm. a lot of it comes down to you know, managing and handling your emotions, stress or anxiety, any of these. Are you able to manage it? Are you able to just think, okay, it's temporary? This isn't really what it is. You know how you handle it. So, yeah, no, emotions. I had that example with, with Bay Angels. I just had a conversation about it. I'm even thinking about right now, the future, about I know I'm capable of doing so many things that I haven't done yet, and I plan on doing it. And what's stopping me from doing it six months from now versus two years from now? Well, it's that maybe that emotion that maybe I need to learn this or get this much more experience or this connection. It's like, okay, well, get those out of the way. Just do it. Move this timeline up. And actually in the book, one of the things that really connected with me that I'd forgot to mention was just the action of doing things because when you do it, you probably realize it takes a lot less time than Mm -hmm. when you were thinking it will take. Mm -hmm. And there was an example, I I believe, that he talked about uh, either forming a company or something where he's like, this was gonna take a year, but then uh, when I actually implemented it, it was like six weeks or something super short. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that with so many things, including the podcast I do at first i started planning it all out then i just went okay i'll do it and granted the first 20 episodes were complete flops and i was messing up everything but if i hadn't started hadn't got those 20 out of the way the ones now you know and same with investment banking i guess if i hadn't gotten that first license i couldn't get that second or third or fourth or fifth but that first was had to get over that and i was all scared but then went pretty quick
0: yeah, yeah, you, you brought in a lot of good points in terms of uh, the imposter syndrome piece that you talked about and you really packaged that well. Now you talked about how failing a few times or messing up a few times is when you become an expert, mm-hmm. right? So I think uh, it's okay to fail is one big lesson I got from what you just talked about, right? And that's the Silicon Valley mantra, <laughs> I would think.
1: Uh, I, was, I was hoping it was everything Sean does is successful. Oh, <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's absolutely uh, you know. We all we all have the Midas touch, uh, Sean. We all do. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, I think we discussed a lot of good stuff from the book. I'd love to hear any other inputs that you think we could share with the audience.
1: I mean, I guess for me and it's what's really I, I'm taken away from this book. Well, one, since the book I've started going on youtube and looking at some of jamie smart stuff those videos and then there's some others jordan peterson some of his stuff and there's quite a few that now are in my youtube playlist that Mm -hmm. just keep popping up monitor kind of the content that's coming in um yeah try to regulate a little bit of the outside turn things off maybe take saturday no digital devices actually read a book um such as the one that we just reviewed Or the one that's going to be on ne- her ne- next week's podcast or, or, or wherever, But be very careful about the, the content you're allowing into your system. Sit back, unplug before going to bed. Really think about other things outside of that. We talked about that wheel of life. We talked about Tony Robbins. We talked about quite a number of things today on this, this episode. Try try to you know meditate, breathe, and get that balance in. It'll improve all parts of your life
0: great way to finish sean really appreciate your time here today listeners results by jamie smart check out the book and thank you for tuning in
1: thank you i'm so happy to be here